showcasing beloved favorites and forgotten gems, this is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network.
from Ramsgate in Kent, England. It's a very warm welcome once again to the second part of this edition of the Cinematic Sound Radio Podcast Archive Show. I am your host, Jason Drury, podcaster, producer and member of the IFMCA, thanking you very much for joining us once again. Before we start another crawl into film visit past and near present, I must not forget our Cinematic Sound Radio patrons. And if you want to join the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast Patreon, then please head over to patreon.com slash cinematic sound radio. I will also, if you can, like you to rate and review the show. We really do like to read what you think of the show, and at some point I may even read some out on this show. Now we started today's show with a track entitled Poirot's Variants, based on the original theme to the classic ITV series Poirot, starring the definitive Poirot himself, David Suchet. The music was performed by the BBC Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Robin Gabba, and was composed by Christopher Gunning, whose death was sadly announced in March 2023 at the age of 78. At some point, I hope to do a tribute show to the late Christopher Gunning on the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast network. Sadly, also in 2023, we lost another great composer, this time of Welsh stock, and a proud Welshman at that. Jeeves on was fantastic. And in fact, one of the last sessions I played on, after I, I'd made the decision to give up playing the violin professionally to devote my time to composing. As a freelance player, you have a, what's called a diary service, and they look after your diary, and the fixers of the orchestras will ring the diary. They've got a list of people they normally contract for concerts and tours or whatever it is, sessions, and that's how it would work. So you wouldn't be contacted necessarily directly by the orchestra or the fixer. You'd be contacted by a diary. They say, "Oh, by the way, you've got a job in for Sintax tomorrow, like CTS, or you've got a uh, you've got a session in Whitfield Street, ten to one, two to five, with you know, blah blah blah." See, that's how the work would come in, right? And even though they knew that I was, I'd sort of stopped composing. A job actually came in from the LSO for a session in Abbey Road, which was rare. Because I, for, to do a recording session with the LSO, because I was a freelance player, the session work was well-paid work, you see. So with the way it would work with an auction like the LSO, that some of the regular members would be rotated off for certain concerts and so on. So that's when the freelance players, they would come in to augment the orchestra when the some of the regular players were rotated off, you see. And, but if there was well-paid session work, all of the members would tend to do that because he was well paid, which made sense. So it was rare for a freelancer to get session work unless it was going to be a massive orchestra. And this job came in from the LSO session, and I thought, I'll do it. Come on, let's do it. And I, I, I hadn't played quite a while. I'm still, you know, still playing the instrument, but I hadn't been playing professionally for a long time. I went, went with James Horner doing Willow in um, Abbey Road. And uh, it was a massive, massive orchestra, and he had incantation, that um, sort of ethnic instrumental group, and he even had alpine horns in the studio. <laughs> a massive orchestra, it was. So that's one of the last ones. Yes, that was Mark Thomas talking to me in 2017, one of the very first interviews I ever worked on on Symbolic Sound Radio, talking about one of his last assignments as a session musician, working with the London Symphony Orchestra on James Horner's classic score for Willow in 1988. Mark's credits include old 10 series of Belladon for ITV, five series of the BBC series episodes, five series of and more than 150 episodes of 
the classic Aardman animation Shaun the Sheep. It was for the 1997 feature film Twin Town, directed by Kevin Allen, starring Reese Ifans and Doug Ray Scott, that Mark won his much-deserved BAFTA for Best Original Music. His other film credits include Dog Soldiers in 2002, Shadows in the Sun in 2005, and Under Milk Wood in 2015. This is Mark talking about the decision of moving out of the orchestra to become a full-time composer. Well, I'd always composed from an early age, and as worthy a profession as being a player in an orchestra is, for me, it wasn't enough. The creative stimulus isn't there because somebody else has created the music. The player in the orchestra, when I was a violinist, you're there basically to implement what the composer has written. And I wanted more than that because I had this sort of drive to be a composer and the stimulus of writing music or film and television, drama, comedy, whatever it may be, there's an added dimension of not only composing, but of solving a problem with the music. And that's something that resonates with me. It's an additional intellectual challenge. And basically, that's what it's about. You sit down to write music, and if there's a reason for writing the music, then you're halfway there already. And as a player sitting in the orchestra, it becomes a little boring sit in the orchestra playing somebody else's music day in, day out, year in, year out. And actually, to be honest, I wanted more out of my musical career. And that's why I made the transition into composing. And I was fortunate that I had that means of, if you like, for want of a better expression, escaping the seat in the orchestra. And the dilemma is that if, as a player, if you harbour ambitions to become a composer, if those ambitions are realised, there's no going back because it's a different dynamic. The person in the orchestra is a musician essentially for hire. It's a person for hire who comes along, does a job, and is paid the money for doing that job as well as possible. And the following day, they'll be playing the same instrument in a different studio under a different composer on a different score. And as worthy the integrity of musicians in the symphony orchestras and in the recording world, especially in London, where we have the finest musicians. Worthy as that is, for me, it wasn't enough.
That was music from the 2005 film Shadows in the Sun, aka Shadow Dancer, played as a tribute to composer, musician, and a former guest on the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast, Mark Thomas, whose death after a long illness was announced in July 2023 at the age of 67. And at this point, I must also mention the deaths which have been announced during the Make It Up for show of firstly Jim Parker. BAFTA winning composer best known for his work on the UK TV version of House of Cards and its two sequels, The Play the King and The Final Cut, as well as a long-running series of Midsummer Murders at the age of 88, and of Carl Davis, king of the silent movie scores, as well as numerous film and TV credits including The World at War, The French Lieutenant's Woman, Champions and Scandal at the age of 86. These great composers have left a true legacy of the best of British film and TV music. They will never be forgotten and will be greatly missed. Right, on with the show. And our next up is a release of a very sought-after score from film music collectors, which has finally been recently released by Intrada Records. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978 science fiction horror film directed by Philip Kaufman and starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Veronica Cartwright, Jeff Goldblum and Leonard Nimoy. Released in December 1978, it is based on the 1955 novel The Body Snatchers by Jack Binney. The movie was previously adapted into the 1956 film of the same name. The plot involves a San Francisco health inspector and his colleague who, over the course of a few days, discover that humans are being replaced by alien duplicates. Each is a perfect biological clone of the person replaced, but devoid of empathy and humanity. Now, jazz pianist composer Danny Zeltzlin's involvement in Invasion of the Body Statues derived from an acquaintance with director Philip Kaufman. As the story evolved, Kaufman asked Zetlin for a, quote, 20th century electronic acoustic score, unquote, a symphony orchestra with synthesizers. Although Zetlin had an international reputation as a recording and touring jazz artist and was adept with electronics, he had never written for symphony orchestra, and Kaufman had to convince producer Robert Solo that he was the right man for the job. Zotlin found a team of experienced hands to shepherd him through the process, including jazz musician Roger Kellaway, who had some scoring experience and would conduct the score, orchestrator Greg McRitchie, music editor Vin Hilson, music production coordinator Phil Sawyer, who had a particular experience working with sound effects that would be a major element in the film, and veteran music scoring mixer Dan Wallin. Zetlin had a unique perspective on the project, and not just as a jazz artiste. He was also a trained psychiatrist who had to sideline much of his practice to handle the scrolling schedule for scoring Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Quote, The whole idea of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the idea of being possessed, is an ancient fear from our species that crops up in so many places in so many cultures over the millennia. It certainly is an issue that I've experienced in working with patients who, in its most extreme form, 
are people who are having a psychotic experience and they feel they are being inhabited. They're being taken over. This is a very persuasive theme, I believe, in modern and ancient life. Unquote. While much of his score focuses on the abstract, unnerving music associated with the pod people, Zetlin also wrote some highly emotional, exciting orchestral music that expresses the hopes of the four human protagonists to overcome the alien's conspiracy and escape. Because of the extreme workload of many 20 plus hour days, invasion of the body snatchers turned out to be Danny Zetlin's only film score, despite numerous subsequent offers.
Batters music from the 1978 science fiction horror film Invasion of the Body Snatchers, with original score composed by Danny Zetlin and performed by the Hollywood Studio Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Roger Calloway. The original soundtrack recording of his much sought after title has just been released in a brilliant two disc set by Intrada Records and is a highly recommended release for any film music fan by the only score from the composer Danny Zeltlin and what a score. The home for beloved favourites and forgotten gems, this is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Triumph of the Spirit is a 1989 biographical drama film directed by Robert M. Young and starring Willem Dafoe and Edward James Ormus. The screenplay was inspired by true events and set in a German prisoner of war camp at Auschwitz during the Holocaust and details how a Jewish Greek boxer was forced to fight other internees to the death for the SS Guards entertainment. Now, the score for the film was one of the early works composed by Cliff Eiderman, and the score itself has just had a digitally remastered release from Universal Polygram. From his liner notes, of which you can download from his website, here are Cliff's memories of writing the score. Quote, After I was hired to compose the score, I went to the UCA Music Library to see what I could find on music from the Arabic Jewish culture in Greece. The director, Robert Young, told me about the language of Ladino, which is what the Greek Jewish people spoke at the time. I decided to incorporate a choral element into the orchestral score, losing the language of Ladino for the choir. My hope was to capture the connection with the Greek life of their family's past and infuse some of that warm feeling into the Western-style big orchestral choral score. The music poured out of me, and I found myself composing 12 hours a day for the next four months. I was so immersed, I didn't feel the long hours. At the time, I lived in a small apartment in Los Angeles, and my studio was in the dining room occupied by my mum's old upright piano, a few synthesizers, and a 16-track tape machine to capture my thematic ideas, but ultimately I composed in the old-fashioned way, pencil-to-paper writing. After completing the score, I went off to Rome to record it. I had an incredible crew working with me. Mark McKenzie orchestrated and accompanied me to Rome, serving also as a booth reader. Alan Stenning is my music mixer, and Kenneth Hall, my music editor. I felt so honoured to work for director Robert Young and producer Arnon Copperson, especially because they were both successful in their own right. This was a true passion project for them, and I loved hanging out with them in Rome, and although the city was new to me, they knew it well. Triumph of the Spirit remains perhaps my most personal and possibly one of my best scores, even though I was only about 24 years old. I will never forget that time in my life. This new release on all digital platforms for streaming and downloads is a result of years of trying to put this all together. Unquote. So here now is music from that new digital recording of Cliff Eiderman's score for the 1989 biographical Prisoner of War drama Triumph of the Spirit. 
That was music from the 1989 World War II prison drama Triumph of the Spirits, with original score composed and conducted by Cliff Ardleman and performed by the, the Unione Musiki de Roma. The original remastered soundtrack recording has been digitally released by Universal Polygram. This is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Now, we at The Archive are to present music at times from good old family fair. And the next music we're going to play rightly fits into that category. Cannibal Holocaust, the 1980 Italian film directed by Ruggiero Diotato and written by Gianfranco Clarisi. The film starred Robert Kerman as Harold Monroe, an anthropologist from New York University who leads a rescue team into the Amazon rainforest to locate a crew of filmmakers. The crew go missing while filming a documentary on local cannibal tribes. When the rescue team is only able to recover the crew's lost can of film, an American television station wishes to broadcast the footage as a sensationalised television special. Upon viewing the reels, Monroe is appalled by the team's actions and objects to the station's intent to air the documentary. Now, Cannibal Holocaust has achieved notoriety for its graphic violence and has aroused a great deal of controversy. After its Italian premiere, it was ordered to be seized by a local magistrate and Diotato was arrested on obscenity charges. He was later charged with multiple counts of murder due to rumours that claimed several actors were killed on camera. Although Diotato was cleared of these charges, the film was banned in Italy, Australia and several other countries due to its graphic content including sexual assault and genuine violence towards animals. Although some nations have since revoked the ban, it is still upheld in several countries. Now, the composer hired to score this film was amazingly renowned Italian composer Mitz Ortolani, who Diotato specifically requested because of Ortolani's work on the 1962 documentary film Mondo Kane. The score itself is a succession of mournful orchestral cues with eerie synthesized interludes, which transforms from romanticism into Requiem. Now the score over the years has been eagerly sought after by film music collectors due to its notoriety and the original soundtrack album was not released until 1995 but then only as a limited edition in Germany. This suite you're about to hear comes from the first time the complete score of the film was released in 2004 by Coffin Records and Groundhouse Releasing. So now from the last words of Douglas E. Winter's liner notes of that release. Listen now to the terrifying beauty of horror.
That was music from the 1980 Cannibal found footage film Cannibal Holocaust, the original score composed and conducted by Ritz Ortolani. The original soundtrack recording, which this suite comes from, is from a 2004 release from Coffin Records and Grindhouse Releasing. See, we like to cater for all the family in the music we play on the archive, even the psychotic ones. This is The Archive with Jason Jury on the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Now, recently had a jolly good time talking to composer Alex Belcher about his work on Extraction 2, the recent hit film on Netflix as it starred Chris Hemsworth, the score which he co-composed with Henry Jackman. Hemsworth plays in both films Tyler Rake, Australian SES operator turned black ops mercenary. And I thought I'd had a great time talking to Alex about Extraction 2, but we should play music from Extraction 1 and this edition of the Archive. The film, like Extraction 2, was directed by Sam Hargrave and written by Joe Russo. Based on the graphic novel Soledad by Andre Parks, Joe Russo, Anthony Russo, Fernando Leon Gonzalez and Eric Skillman. Tyler Wake, this time, takes on a mission to save an Indian drug lord's kidnapped son in Dakar, Bangladesh. But the mission goes awry when he is double-crossed. During my talk with Alex about Extraction 2, we talked about how he scored Extraction 1. Well, everybody's seen and heard action films and action music. And for when we were working on the first one, I discovered very quickly with Sam, a traditional action approach worked for some things, but we it, we felt it was just every time that we would get, like, for instance, like a timpani swell or a big cymbal crash when something hit, it just made us all giggle and didn't work. So we found out early on on the first one, okay, we've got to do something a little bit different, and the action genre is what it is, and you've got to be true to that, but we felt we needed to do something that was a little more fresh and a little more outside of the box. And early on in the process of Extraction One, I think before they even shot, it was one of those kickoff calls in like pre-production, and I, it was either Sam or Joe, and they were we were talking, and they were sort of telling me about the character and sort of getting some ideas going because they wanted some music written before they shot, and I ended up writing about thirty or forty-five minutes of music before they had even shot a frame, which is how a lot of the Russo brothers projects they like to work. But either Joe, who wrote the first one and the second one, or Sam said something along the lines of, you know, like Tyler Rake is a character who could kill you with anything he finds lying around the room. Like he could pick up a feather and kill you with it. And that idea of like misappropriating something as a weapon sort of struck me as as sort of a cool idea. And I was like, how can we do that with music? So on the first one, like I said, a lot of the percussion stuff, like traditional taikos that you hear a lot, that just didn't really work once we put it up to picture. So we went to a junkyard and broke a bunch of stuff and recorded it and turned it into sampled instruments so that basically a lot of the percussion in the first one was a misappropriated cowbells and there was a train going by. So we sampled that and that sort of became a sound, you know, because he's like this unstoppable force just on the tracks and there's no way to stop him. And so that's how we sort of approached it and that went to one of the main sounds in the first one is a cello sound which i played and i do not know how to play cello i just had one in my studio 
And I started messing with it and just doing things and just the nature of not knowing how to do it and then producing it, we came up with this weird sort of sound. And that's really, I think, where the musical identity of the extraction scores comes from is this sort of misappropriated, you know, how can we find whatever's laying around the room and make music with it was the idea.
That was music from the 2020 Netflix action filler Extraction. The original score composed by Henry Jackman and Alex Belcher. The original soundtrack recording is available digitally from BMG Records. And if you want to hear more of my excellent interview with composer Alex Belcher, please subscribe to Film Score Monthly and look out for the July issue of that highly heralded publication. And with that blatant piece of advertising, we've sadly come to the end of part two of this latest edition of the Archive on the Cinematic Sound Radio. I leave you with music from which I'm reliably informed is currently the number one classic album in the UK at time of recording. And it comes from a good friend of the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast network, Debbie Wiseman. The album is entitled Signature. And it is a live recording of Debbie Wiseman OBE conducting the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra performing her most loved music compositions. With this album, Debbie Wiseman celebrates her 60th birthday. 60th birthday, she does look a day over 59. And her long, distinguished artistic career in the world of TV, film and concert music. Signature Pictures a selection of Debbie Wiseman's most popular pieces with new orchestral arrangements specially curated for the prestigious City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. Highlights of the album include Wolf Hall, a suite from the classic detective series Father Brown, and Elizabeth Remembered, music featured on the BBC's coverage of the state funeral of Queen Elizabeth II, and played by us on a recent archive show. But the piece we're going to play for you is from one of Debbie Wiseman's most acclaimed film scores. The classic 1997 biographical drama film Wild, directed by Brian Gilbert and starring Stephen Fry in the title role, with a film also starring Jude Law, Jennifer L and Zoe Wanamaker. So to end part two of this edition of the Archive on the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast, here is a live recording of the suite to the 1997 biographical drama Wild. The original score composed and conducted by Debbie Wiseman and performed here by the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. This live recording is part of the album Signature and is available from Silver Screen Records. Thank you very much for joining us again. I do hope you've enjoyed both parts of this edition of the Archive on the Cinematic Sound Radio podcast. I shall be returning soon to dig up more treasures to place in the Cinematic Sound Recording Archive vaults. But until then, from me, Jason Drury, as always, is take care and happy listening.
Thank you for tuning in to the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. I want to thank Tim Burden for providing his voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the program, and David Cosina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's theme music. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at Sound Radio on Twitter and Cinematic Sound on Facebook. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment right now to rate the show and write a brief review. Reviews help introduce potential listeners to the show. And while you're at it, head over to Tee Public to get a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt. And don't forget to check out Cinematic Sound Radio at cinematicsound.net.